Hello, this is Peggy Joyce Ruth. Welcome to our podcast and hope you enjoy this teaching. If you would like to listen to more in-depth teachings, please sign up for our Psalm 91 family at PeggyJoyceRuth.org. Well, you don't live very long in this world until you find out in a hurry that it's governed by physical laws. There's a lot of natural laws, and these laws are just as sure as the sun coming up in the morning. We all have faith in these natural laws because I could stand up here and I could hold a ball up and drop it, and from the least to the oldest, we would all know that that ball was going to hit the floor. It's not going to fly off in space. Well, the reason we know it is because we've seen these physical laws work. Now, little by little, we're beginning to realize that there are spiritual laws that are just as sure and just as reliable and just as certain as any physical law. Now, when this finally becomes a reality, we're going to start thinking through every action. We're going to start thinking through every word that comes out of our mouth. We're going to think through even the tone of our voice and our attitudes because we're going to realize that all of these things are causing spiritual laws to be set into motion all the time. Now, we'd think through very carefully what was about to happen before we purposely stepped off the roof of this building because every one of us are convinced of the law of gravity. So I want to ask you a real important question. Are you really aware that these spiritual laws are just that certain? just that reliable because they are and we need to get our mind convinced of how real these spiritual laws are. See, every single word that's spoken in faith is a spiritual law. It sets a spiritual law into motion. Every action, every attitude that we have sets a spiritual law into motion every single time. Now, I think we subconsciously think that these spiritual laws work sometime and sometime they don't. But see, that's a joke. That would be like my going home and telling Jack... Oh, I was so lucky today. I stepped off the edge of the building and thank goodness gravity wasn't working. Because boy, if the gravity had been working, I would have splattered all over the place. Well, see, we laugh about that because we know that the gravity works every single time. But we need to realize that spiritual laws work every single time just as surely as gravity works every single time. And just like gravity now can work in our favor or it can be a disadvantage to us, we need to realize that it's the same way with the spiritual laws. They can work for our good or they can work against us. Now, before we go any further, let me state my main objective for teaching this Bible study. I believe very strongly and I teach strongly that God is a good God and that every good gift comes from the Father and nothing evil comes from God. Now some say, well, what about the wrath of God? What about the judgment of God? Well, there is a wrath of God and there is a judgment of God. I want you to look at Romans 1 verse 18. It starts talking immediately about the wrath of God. It says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Okay, notice it's saying that the wrath of God or the anger is against what? It's against the unrighteousness and the ungodliness of men. It's not against men. It's against the ungodliness of men. God knows that ungodliness and unrighteousness will eventually kill man. Now, if you'll notice in verses 19 and 20, we've read that many times, but he talks about the fact that he has made himself evident to all men in two ways. He's made himself evident within us and without. Within, because we have a knowing that there's a God, and without, because of nature. And then in verse 21, he said, For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged 
exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Now mark verse 24. Underline, therefore God gave them over. See, because of the fact that they exchanged the glory of God for the incorruption, God gave them over to the lusts of their hearts, to impurity, that their bodies might be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Mark verse 26. For this reason, in other words, because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, God gave them over, underline that, to degrading passions for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnormal. And in the same way also men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own person. In other words, they received the consequences, the due penalty of their error. Now Mark verse 28. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. Okay, there comes a time now in God's judgment that He literally gives a person over to their sin. And it's their very own sin then that comes back and destroys them. I want you to notice how many times it talks about God giving them over. Every time man stubbornly stayed in his own sin, verse 24, God finally gave him over to that sin. When he stayed stubbornly in his own sin, in verse 26, God finally gave him over. In verse 28, when he didn't see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God finally gave him over to his stubbornness. Now there is a season of grace or we'd all be dead. But God warns us that His judgment does come. And when it comes, it's kind of like He just holds up His hand and man's own sin comes back on his own head. Many times in the book of Psalms, it talks about how man plans an evil scheme. And then finally, he falls into the pit that he's dug. Now this is real important. There is a line of authority in judgment. You need to write this down. The line of authority in judgment... The first scripture is Hebrews 12, verse 23. You can look it up later, but it declares that God to be the judge of all. However, the Bible tells us then in John 5, verse 22, that God has chosen to delegate that authority to carry out the judgment over to Jesus. John 5, 22 says, For the Father does not judge anyone, but He has given all judgment over to the Son. Okay, so God is the judge of all, but in His sovereignty, He has turned that judgment over to Jesus. And then Jesus will turn the judgment over to the Word of God. John twelve forty eight. So it's the impartial, unchanging Word that judges. It's the Word of God that convicts us. It's the Word of God that pronounces sentence. It's the Word of God that either will condemn us or will rescue us. See, it's either going to be the rock on which we stand that gives us a firm, solid foundation, or else the Word will become the rock that crushes. But it is the Word that's going to stand as our judge. And that's the line of authority. God gave it to Jesus. Jesus gave that authority to the Word. And then we, in turn, judge ourselves. In other words, the choice is ours. Now, that's how God can be fair, that's how He can be loving, and that's how He can be vengeful all at the same time. Because until the time is up now, His love is going to continue to give us a way of escape out of the sin and out of the consequences. But the Word is always there at the same time pronouncing judgment on the rebellious. Whatever a man sows, that's what's finally going to come back to either destroy him or to bless him. 
Now, I want this Bible study to bring a lot of joy and a lot of excitement to those who are planting good seeds. But the objective of this Bible study is also to serve as a warning that coming judgment is just as sure as the law of gravity. And it'll come not only in this life, but it'll come in the life to come. And God set every bit of this in motion so that we ourselves actually declare our own judgment through these spiritual laws. Now, when I first started realizing it's our own activity that either frees us or convicts us. And when I realized that the spiritual laws work every single time and they're either working in our favor or they're working to our disadvantage, I almost panicked because I thought, whew, we need to find out what the spiritual laws are. I wanted to know what they were, if they're that sure. Well, just like Jesus summed up all of the Old Testament laws in two laws by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. We find that by the same token, there is one spiritual law that sums up all of the other spiritual laws. So all we have to learn is just one of them, and we need to operate that one correctly. Now, it's called the law of sowing and reaping. I want you to turn Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Now, this law is repeated over and over throughout the Old and the New Testament. But this particular scripture just spells it out so clearly. In the margin of your Bible, you need to write the law of sowing and reaping. Galatians 6 verse 7, he starts out by saying, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. Okay, why do you think Paul starts out by saying, Do not be deceived? God's not mocked. Okay, he's saying, hey, this law works every time. It works just as surely as gravity works. He's saying, don't be deceived. Don't think you're getting away with a thing because it works. He's also saying, don't be deceived if you're doing well. Just like he says in verse 9, don't lose heart if you're doing good because in due season you will reap if you don't grow weary. Okay, now some people read this, whatever a man sows, that will he reap. And they shout, oh, praise God, what a blessing. And other people read, whatever a man sows, that will he reap. And they say, oh God, no, surely not. Now I don't know which way you're reading it, but however you see this, whether you see it as a blessing or whether you see it as a curse, can mean life or death. Now God wants us to begin operating this spiritual law to our advantage. Now, some people say, well, what exactly is the law of sowing and reaping? Well, it's the law that governs the physical, and it also is the law that governs the increase in the spiritual. Now, that's very important. Because we're going to find that this law of sowing and reaping is a physical law as well as a spiritual law. For instance, if a farmer plants one kernel of corn... He doesn't harvest back one kernel of corn. He harvests a stalk of corn with ears and ears on it, and each ear has hundreds of kernels of corn. Now that's the law working in the natural. From one seed comes many seeds of the same kind. But now that same law governs the spiritual. Anything you sow, anything you plant, anything you give out is going to be multiplied back to you in the harvest. It's not going to just be returned to you. It's going to be multiplied back. Let's say that you get $100 and you give your $10 tithe. Well, in the natural, we would think, okay, I've got $90 left on which to live. But that's not so. See, that $10 tithe is literal seed in the spiritual realm. 
Many times we forget that that's a seed. That's a literal seed in the spiritual realm. It's just as literal as that kernel of corn that the farmer plants. And so when that $10 goes out as a spiritual seed, it doesn't just yield $10 back. That $10 kernel of corn is multiplied back in the harvest because it's a spiritual law, just like the natural law of planting a seed. Now that's why when someone is having a lot of financial difficulty, God's answer to their problem is to tell them to give. Now, in the natural, you know, that sounds funny, that sounds backwards, and we think, oh, no, if they're having a problem, you know, they better hang on to everything they've got. But see, God's answer is to put this spiritual law into effect. See, if the farmer is having problems financially, if he just holds on to his seed and decides, okay, I better not turn loose of anything, he's not going to have a harvest. He's going to have to find a way to get the seed, and then he's going to have to plant in order to be able to get the harvest back. Now, whatever you give out is seed, and that's exactly what's going to be multiplied back. Be it love, be it anger, be it bitterness, kindness, criticism, sexual impurity, money, whatever. Those are all seeds, and they will come back in the harvest. Now, it might not come back overnight. It might not come back in a month. It might not even come back in a year, but it will come back. You know, there was an experiment that was conducted in this steel rolling mill. And they put a giant half-ton bar of steel suspended from the ceiling with this cable. And it was motionless. And then next to it, they put this tiny little cork that was hung by just a slender thread. And they made that cork swing back and forth very gently, but very steadily. And each time it would swing, it would just barely tap that big thousand-pound bar of steel. And they kept count. They did it for five minutes. Nothing happened. That little cart kept going for ten more minutes. Nothing happened. Twenty more minutes. This was 35 minutes in all. All of a sudden, there was just a tiny little vibration in that steel bar. Fifteen more minutes. Fifty minutes in all. And that big thousand-pound bar began to swing. See, a tiny cork against a half-ton steel pipe that they had hung down finally started that thing swinging. Now, that shows how one tiny seed can eventually penetrate something of that magnitude. One little comment, and then another little comment added to it. And finally, those comments just barely start tapping. Or outbursts of anger or maybe some negative gossip sessions, or doubts, when we began to have doubts and we began to speak those doubts, or these bad habits that we hang on to. See, they will eventually be multiplied back to us. Now, by the same token, we need to see how one little seed of the gospel as we give it out, and then somebody else gives out that seed of the gospel and it begins to spread, that too is going to affect something as impossible as that half-ton bar of steel looks. Now, Jesus stated this law very simply when he quoted in Matthew 7, verse 12, "...do unto others as you would have others to do unto you." Now see, that's the law of sowing and reaping. That's how Jesus put it. Do unto others exactly what you would have others to do to you. Okay, what is it that you want? Well, whatever it is that you want, give it out. Let me give you this example. Sometimes the holidays can be lonely. 
Sometimes it can be easy to be depressed and have a little self-pity during the holidays. One girl told me how Valentine's Day used to be the hardest holiday for her because of some things that had happened in the past. And so she began to pray and the Lord told her to begin to make these homemade Valentines and to put a lot of effort into it. And she made some of the cutest Valentines and she cut out of magazines and made these and the Lord told her who to give them to. Then finally Valentine's Day became her favorite time of year because see she gave out and all of a sudden then the joy that came back from that made it a special day. See, God is wanting us to give in the form of our need. Whatever our need is, then he wants us to start giving in that particular area so that we can start getting a harvest back. Now, there's literally hundreds of scriptures that state this spiritual law. Luke 6 verse 38 says, Give and it will be given to you. Press down, shaking together and running over. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1 says, Cast your bread on the water and it will be returned not many days from now on every wave. Malachi 3.10, Give your tithe into the storehouse and the Lord will open up the windows of heaven and literally pour out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth. Give the first of your produce, and then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow. See, we have this all through the Word. Let me show you Proverbs eleven twenty four. 24. It says, There is one who scatters, in other words, he's giving out everywhere, and yet he increases all the more. The more he gives out, the more he increases. There is one, though, who withholds, but it results only in want. He holds back what he has and causes him to be in want. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. Now this law is all through the Word of God. Now I color code my Bible, so I have a particular color to denote sowing and reaping because it's in so many places in the Word. Now we're pretty well versed on the fact that financial blessings come through the law of sowing and reaping. But I want us to center in on how we've used this law in the negative in a lot of areas, and we've brought in some bad harvests and we haven't even known where those harvests came from. We've just all of a sudden something's happened and we thought, my goodness, what's happening? And we don't realize we've been operating many times in the negative, this spiritual law. Now it's a spiritual law and that's why it's going to work in every aspect of our life. Not just in the area of finances, but every area. Now look at Mark 4 verse 26. Let me show you how it works. Jesus was saying the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the ground. Okay, he's comparing the kingdom of God to planting seed. And then that man goes to bed at night and he gets up by day and the seed sprouts up, it grows. How? He himself does not know. You need to underline that. The soil produces crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the heads. It's a process. And when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Okay, we're not going to be able to figure out how this happens any more than the farmer can figure out how a seed can grow. You know, he puts that seed in the ground, he goes to bed, he gets up, he has no idea how it happens. But some way in the soil, that seed begins to sprout. And first comes the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. And it's exactly the same way with this spiritual law. We have no idea how it happens. But whether it's the negative or the positive, we're going to find that as that seed goes out, then it's going to begin to come a little at the time until finally, if we continue to put that seed out, it'll come back in a harvest. 
be it good or be it evil. Now, if we don't like what we're reaping, if we don't like what we're harvesting in any area of our life, then we need to start really paying attention to what it is that we're planning. Look at Colossians 3.25. This is one I want you to mark. Now, this is the law of sowing and reaping, but it's when someone is using it in the negative realm. It says, For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he has done, and that without partiality. Okay, he who does wrong, it says, will receive the consequences of the wrong that he's done. Now, many times people will say, okay, that's just God's punishment that's coming back. But in reality now, that's our own punishment. That's our own judgment of the things that we've put out, the things that we've planted that's coming back in the harvest. So this is the same law. This is the law of sowing and reaping, only stated in the negative. Okay, now check and see what you have at the center of your universe. See, there's a story told about a college boy that went home, and he told his dad, he said, hey, there's a big world out there. You just need to get out and travel. You think too small. Your world's too small. And so the dad said, well, I live at the center of the universe. And the young man said, how on earth do you figure that? So he took him out in the field, and he pointed in front of him, and he said, which direction is that? And the boy said, well, that's north. He said, well, what's over here to my right? And he said, well, that's east. Well, what's to my left? That's west. And he turned around and he said, what's behind us? And he said, well, that's south. And he said, see, I live in the center of the universe. Well, that's how many of us think. You know, we're living at the center of our universe. And the world revolves around us. And it's I and me and mine and my, and we become so self-oriented. But self-centeredness is going to operate this spiritual law in the negative. You need to write that down because every single time that we become self-centered, we're going to start operating this law of sowing and reaping in the negative. Now, the difference between Christianity and the world, the world is self-centered and Christianity is Christ-centered. Now, you need to mark this down because when Christ becomes the center of our universe, when Christ becomes our central focus, this spiritual law will always be operated in the positive every single time. And the reason is because every single thing that Jesus tells us to do is for our good and for our benefit. So anytime we're Christ-centered and we're obedient to Him, we're going to find that it's going to turn and be a blessing to us. Because everything He tells us to do is for our benefit. He wants us to sow good seeds so that we'll have a good harvest. He knows how sure and how certain this spiritual law is. Now, every single thing that the Lord encourages us to do is to put us in a position so we can be blessed. Now, we've all quoted Acts 20 verse 35 to our children. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Well, I can remember when I was young, when I was growing up, I thought this was just a poor way that grown-ups had of manipulating children into not being selfish. I thought that's all that it was. But I thought, when somebody says it's more blessed to give than to receive, who's going to believe that? Nobody believes that. Well, I didn't realize that Jesus was expressing a spiritual law. See, when we receive, what we receive is all we're going to get. But when you give, it's a seed. And whatever it is you're giving out, that's going to come back. It's going to be multiplied back. Pressed down, shaking together, running over. There's a multiplication factor. Therefore, it is more blessed to give than receive. Those are not just idle words that are in the Bible. Now, Paige Williams has written a book for men, and it's called Do Yourself a Favor, Love Your Wife. Well, what's happened, he's gotten a hold of this spiritual law, and he realizes that in giving out love to his wife, it's going to turn around and be a blessing to him. It's going to be doing himself a favor. And he realizes that the more he puts out love to her, the more it's going to boomerang back. Now, this law governs everything. 
Jesus said in Matthew 7, 1 and 2, Judge not, lest you be judged. Okay, he's saying that the standard of judgment that we pick for other people, that's what's going to be used to us. If we judge others, then other people are going to judge us. If we find fault, then other people will begin to find fault and criticize us. He wants us to plant what we want and quit planting what we don't want. Now, Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. That's the law of sowing and reaping. Sometimes we get careless and we let weeds grow in our garden. Sometimes we find ourselves grumbling or maybe we find ourselves in discontentment or we find ourselves being irritated all the time. Or maybe we find ourselves just talking about how tired we are. And what it'll have, it'll begin to have a domino effect. It's much like weeds in a garden. Anytime we let weeds take over the garden, they'll finally choke out the healthy plants and they'll take complete charge of that garden. Well, grumbling, for instance, will bring a curse. The Bible teaches that it brings a curse. It literally takes over our garden. And the reason is because it's a law of sowing and reaping. In 1 Corinthians 10.10, Paul warned against grumbling because he said they grumbled when they were in the wilderness and they were destroyed by the destroyer. Now seeing this spiritual law can certainly make us see why Jesus said that we have to forgive if we want to be forgiven. Because if we sow unforgiveness, that's all we can get back. See, if a farmer plants thistles, he's not going to be able to get back beans when he harvests. Now, I want to show you something else that's very interesting. I found that whatever is on the inside of us is also how we see other people. See, that spiritual law works that way too. Not just that we receive things back, but it's how we perceive things. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's good or evil. In counseling, I found that men and women who are difficult to live with, they feel like the other people are difficult to live with. That's how they see other people. Even when men and women have committed sexual sins, they see everyone else full of lust too. They think if they feel lustful, they think everybody else feels exactly the same way. See, the law of sowing and reaping not only affects what comes back to us, but it affects how we see other people and it affects how we see God. Now later look up Psalm 18 verse 25. But it says, O Lord, with the kind-hearted you show yourself to be kind. In other words, if a person is kind-hearted, they're going to see God as a kind-hearted God. This law affects how we see other people. It affects how we see God. It goes on to say, With the blameless you show yourself to be blameless. With the pure you show yourself to be pure. In other words, when a person has a pure heart, they see God pure. But it says, With the perverted they see you as a twisted God. In other words, people who are off in their thinking... That's exactly the way they see God. They get a a twisted picture of God. Now, people try to create God in their own image, in their own way of thinking, instead of allowing God to literally transform us into His image and into His way of thinking. Now, God set the law of sowing and reaping into motion to bring good. It was never intended by God to bring evil in our life. But sin has affected everything. So what we do, good or bad, is going to affect other people, What other people do is going to affect us. You know, the Apostle Paul, there in Galatians, he says, Don't be deceived. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. Now, it's going to be reaped. It might not necessarily be reaped in our life. It could be reaped in our descendants, or it could be reaped in other people around us, but it will be reaped. That's why he said, Don't be deceived. Now, it's been said by psychiatrists that whatever is done in moderation by the parents will be done in excess by the children. So it may not happen immediately, But somewhere down the line, our actions will be reaped. They'll be harvested. Our words, our attitudes, our actions, 
our very life is not going to be duplicated down the line. It's going to be multiplied, much like a farmer planting that seed. He's going to put in a few seeds and he's going to have a harvest come back. So we need to stop and ask ourselves, what am I planting? Am I planting criticism and bitterness, rudeness, anger, jealousy, unfaithfulness? Is that the harvest I want? Is that the harvest that I want in my children? Or am I planting encouragement, mercy, faithfulness, kindness? See, it's very important what we're planting because every single day has a harvest. Now, we can see the law of sowing and reaping. We can see it all the way from Genesis to Revelation. It started in the Garden of Eden, and that same law is going to affect how everything ends. Now, this is not a time to be playing around with our salvation. This is not a time to compromise. We're too close to the end. This is not a time for us to see how close we can get to that gray area. We've entered in a time of very swift retribution, and the time is approaching like a thief in the night. We look at the judgments that are coming on people everywhere, and many times we're tempted to blame God. But see, the law of sowing and reaping does not just affect the Christian. We find that just exactly like the natural law of gravity affects everyone, we're going to find that this law of sowing and reaping affects the entire earth and every single person on the earth. Every bad repercussion that has ever happened came as a result of someone operating this law of sowing and reaping in the negative. Now the Bible teaches about judgment coming from the throne of God and it's true. That's true in a sense because God is the one who put the law of sowing and reaping into effect. He is the one that gave us the word as a plumb line and all of that does come from the throne of God. But we operate this law of sowing and reaping either by sowing to the flesh or by sowing to the spirit. Even the things that are going to be happening during the period of tribulation will be judgment that man has brought on himself. Things that man has set into motion because God's hand of mercy has given us a lot of grace. But the time is drawing quickly to an end when God's going to say it's enough. He's going to say the time has been fulfilled. He's going to give the world over just exactly like it said over there in Romans chapter 1. He'll give the world over to the destruction, the tribulation that has been set in motion by man's own sin. Now every evil thing that has ever been done is just like kernels of corn that have been planted and one day that crop is just going to pour forth. There's going to come a day when God's hand's going to go up and he's not going to hold that evil back any longer. He's going to turn man over to the evil. Now when you read the different tribulation judgments that are described in Revelation, they're from the cause and effect after God's mercy has been removed and sin has just been given its way. And that's after the world has been turned over to the destruction and to the judgment that man himself has set into motion by his own sins. Now sin is serious business. And so we need to ask ourselves, when I hear whatever a man sows, that will he reap. Do I see that as a blessing? Do I hear it and have just kind of a warm feeling that goes down all over me? Or do I see it as a curse? Does a cold chill just kind of go down my back when I hear that? Let's say, for instance, that your entire life was multiplied back to you all at once. Would it be a blessing or would it be a curse? Now, if we see this law as a curse, then this Bible study can literally change the course of our entire life. Society says that what has happened to us affects the kind of person we are. And that is true to a point. But today literally can be a new day for every single one of us. Because the Bible teaches that the kind of person that we are today affects what's going to happen to us in the future. Now, this can be a new day. 
Everything that has ever happened to you in the past was a result of someone, maybe not you, but it was a result of someone operating the law of sowing and reaping, either for good or for evil. You know, we need to praise God for the ancestors that bought us a good inheritance. We need to praise God every day for that. We also need to forgive those who didn't buy us a good inheritance. But we also need to realize it's a new day. See, the kind of person that we are and what we do today is going to affect what happens to us tomorrow. And you say, well, what if I've already put out some bad seeds? What if this law of sowing and reaping is already in effect in the negative? What do I do then? Well, if you've already sown the bad seeds, I've heard someone say that you need to pray for a crop failure. (laughs) And the way we pray for a crop failure is by believing for the blood of Jesus to cleanse and forgive. And you say, well, I thought you said that the spiritual law works every single time. That if you've put out bad seeds, it's going to bring in a bad crop. Well, it does work every single time. But the good news is that it can be superseded by higher law. See, gravity never fails, but it can be superseded by the law of aerodynamics, and that's why a plane can fly. Now, if there's bad seeds out, if you've put out bad seeds, or if there have been bad seeds put out by your ancestors, then sincerely repent before God. Sincerely put those things under the blood. Because, see, the law of sowing and reaping can only be superseded by the law of forgiveness in Christ Jesus. So let's take care of the past and let's move on in to the path that God has ordained for us. Let's begin to operate this law of sowing and reaping as God intended it to be operated. Because he put it in the word so that we can operate in it to bring good in our life. That was God's full intention for this to be a law that brings good. And if you'll look through the word of God and if you'll begin to mark all the sowing and reaping scriptures... You can get so excited because it literally tells you how you can use the Word of God as God intended it to, to bring good not only for yourself but for your descendants. Father, I thank you for your spiritual laws. Lord, even though they've been used in the negative many times and punishment and wrath against ungodliness has come because of it, that still was not the way you intended it to be operated. Father, thank you that you've given us the law of sowing and reaping in order that we can sow good seed and reap back a good harvest. Thank you for that, Lord. Now, Father, no matter what we've done in the past, I just ask, Lord, that you'll help us to come to true repentance and put that under the blood and help us to see that this truly is a brand new day. And, Lord, I thank you that what we do today and the seed that we plant today is going to reap a harvest tomorrow. And I thank you for the good harvest that you have planned for your children. And we love you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Please share this teaching with anyone you think it would minister to. If you would like to listen to more in-depth teachings, please sign up for our Psalm 91 family at PeggyJoyceRuth.org.